Assalamu alaikum. Halfway through Ramadan, people usually have a pretty big dip, a dip in energy, motivation, and the like. That's kind of like why in our course we're doing regular check-ins and the community is very supportive of one another. But for the average working woman, women with kids at home, I mean, just trying to get through the day, what does Ramadan look like? And so today we have a very special guest. In fact, one of our loyal listeners coming on, coming back on as she promised she would, to talk about her Ramadan experience at home as a modern Muslimah who has to work and who has a child and another on the way. And so let's find out exactly how she's being productive in Ramadan despite the odds. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. Now, I know since Ramadan started, I've gotten a lot of new listeners, and I just wanted to say, if I haven't already, thank you so much for coming on to the Mindful Muslim family. And if you don't already know me, um, obviously, my name is Mindful Muslima. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm a licensed educator of 20 years and kind of like a big sister to the community. Um, I'm a mom of five, and we cover all uh, kinds of topics on love, relationships, life hacks. I mean, if you go through it as a modern Muslima, we are talking about it, especially um, I wanted to remind some of the listeners uh, before I jump into today's topic, I have another guest, super, super excited, um, an amazing mom, an amazing career woman, um, just a, a gorgeous soul. And so I'm going to bring her on in a second. But I did want to say for the new listeners that um, if you're struggling with some different things, I just want to point out where you might be able to find them um, within my podcast. Um, I do have a love series where if you are struggling with relationships, I know we all come into um, Ramadan thinking I'm going to get rid of bad habits. And when Ramadan ends, we're going to, you know, fall back into things. So I did want to mention that if you do struggle with um, having maybe a wrong relationship or talking to guys and you know, you really shouldn't, you're trying to get off of that. I do have an entire love series where I cover things like, um, you know, why we can't date in Islam, why men and women can't be friends, but all very like light takes on them and tons, tons of other stuff, like how to get over heartache. So if you have any love related issues, which I know a lot of women have reached out to me about, that might be some place for some, um, some self-healing. So I just wanted to point that out. And also if you're struggling with things related to your emotions, I have um, podcasts on how to handle difficult emotions. I will link them all below in the show notes. But without further ado, I wanted to welcome our guest today, which is Zara. And Zara is an amazing woman that I've actually had on one other time before. And what happens is we were talking about, you know, what we were going to do when Ramadan comes. So I thought it would be super cool to bring her back on and say, okay, now that Ramadan is actually here, how's it going? Assalamu alaikum, Sarah. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm good, Alhamdulillah. Thank you for having me back here. Yeah, I'm so excited you came back actually because I think, you know, I'm really big on trying to get to the nitty gritty of what holds us back. And I think one thing is we all have these high aspirations before Ramadan. Like I know you and I spoke before about like, you know, things that we wanted to achieve or do. And then like now Ramadan is here. And then it's like, we're a good week in. So, you know, now that we're in the trenches of things, I wonder if things are going the same for you as the, maybe you had planned. So I want you first to, I want to get into that in a 
minute. I wanted to first ask you, like, if you can remind our listeners if they didn't hear your podcast before, just tell them a little bit about yourself and um, your identity, because I think you really, really fit a lot of the women on the podcast, which is they have all these different things that they're juggling. So if you could share with us kind of like a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, I am a mom. I have a two-year-old son. Um, and I also work, um, I'm in a marketing role, so Alhamdulillah, I'm actually able to work from home during the whole like COVID-19 situation. I've been able to work from home mm. and I work with a team. So it's pretty amazing that I can just delegate and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and I'm also expecting as well, my second one um, is due in September, inshallah. So yeah. <laughs> That's so lovely. And yeah, so you are, um, you're a young woman, you also have career, you have one child, and then you're going through that also as you're, you know, you're going through the different um, trimesters. And then you obviously are married. So you have a lot going on. And then you're stuck in the house with COVID, right? So I think there's like so many of us, there's a lot going on. And so I was wondering, I wanted to start out because my last podcast that I just released, um, I mentioned that like, I had this Ramadan 2020 schedule, and it was like all set out. It's probably like this same one that I've had for 10 years, but I've tweaked it better and better and better. So I felt it was like super refined, right? So I go into this Ramadan thinking like, I got this. And then COVID and how my family is reacting with the children and they're like more antsy than usual. And all of a sudden, because there's less movement on my part, because we're stuck in the house, I'm more tired than usual. So there were some things that all of a sudden, after years of just planning, I've had to change. I was just wondering for you, um, like coming into Ramadan, like how has it been going? Has it been what you expected? Like, or have you had to make like changes? Like what's your Ramadan been like so far? It's actually been pretty good. It has been going as expected um, so far. Um, I did plan a lot of stuff beforehand. Um, I create schedules like weekly schedules for my toddler, and um, and, and it's like the, I was doing that already before, like when when it was COVID. But now I'm doing one specifically for Ramadan, where we include more like um, you know good deeds, profit stories, um, understanding Ramadan a little bit more, um, and just like being helpful to the community, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, and so I think, and, and we have tweaked our schedule, so it's not the regular schedule that it was beforehand. So we've had to change his schedule a little bit, but I mean, Alhamdulillah, it's okay. And I think we take it kind of day by day because ideally what we like to do, um, is that it, it's a little bit too stressful to get, to get him to sleep at like iftar time, because that's his kind of usual bedtime. That's when we're taking him to bed. Yeah. Um, but this year it wasn't like working out. So I didn't want to like stress out about like trying to make him sleep before that, like get him into bed, then come down for iftar. Yeah. Um, so what we did this year is that now I'm just doing like, we're just doing like light apps type of a thing at iftar time. And then we pray, we put him to sleep, whatever. And then like an hour, hour and a half later, um, you know, we come back down and we eat our main meal. And like, that's been working out really well. Oh, wow. I love that. That's a really great idea. I don't think we've talked about that yet in this podcast, like the possibility of like having this light, like apps or tapas or something like that, where you just like yeah. raise and then you, you pray and then you wait a little bit. And yeah, every family is different. Like some families, they just want to go full on and eat. Some families want to wait. And I think what I love about what you just said was that one, you had already been getting into the groove of a schedule before Ramadan. So that when Ramadan came, it wasn't like, oh gosh, like let's just get it together now. So I think that's really yeah. important. A lot of the women that I talk to that are super successful right now, that's the reason they're doing well is because they had it in mind and they were putting it into gear. So that's really- Definitely. I think with COVID and stuff as well, especially um, if we if we didn't have a schedule and like I was just kind of like letting him do whatever he wanted all day, which is fine. I mean, he's two. 
but if I if there was like literally no structure about like when we're eating lunch when we're napping when we're you know doing certain things in the day um and then we came into Ramadan and I wanted to schedule him I think that would be like a little bit overwhelming and then yeah I don't think that would work out yeah it's hard to start things when you're fasting it's, it's totally different yeah. Had it in gear before, and then you're fasting, you're discontinuing. So that's a really great tip, I think, for women to consider even for next year, or if they haven't already, you know, do the best you can, but just thinking ahead. So that's really, really good. And um, I've noticed some of the, the schedules. I know, like, I had actually like, share with me, and I saw some of the, the schedules that you were making, and it's really, really nice. Actually, guys, Sarah has some beautiful activities. If you actually, and she just has like a regular page, like any other sister. But if you see her on Instagram, her son is always doing the most amazing activities. I'm actually jealous. I'm like, he's really, really. <laughs> No, he's having so much fun. And I'm like, how did you have the time to put these things together? Do you have any like advice on that for women who like- Yes, I have like a method behind it because oh, um, I'm just like one of those people that if I don't if I don't have like things written down and like things even planned for myself, then it probably won't get done. So I literally like allocate like about two hours on the weekend where I tell my husband to just take him outside or just occupy him or whatever. And yeah. then I just sit down and do all of my, my schedules. So that's like, um, like basically the schedule for the week, um, I, like literally I schedule everything, um, his, like all the activities. So I have to research them and then like make sure have like the, all the materials ready and stuff. Um, and then also even I put down what he's having for snack, what he's having for lunch every day, just so that like, even if it's, even if he ends up having like, you know, leftovers or something, but if, if there's no leftovers or something like that, and then I'm in a pinch, I can like look at like my schedule and just get an idea of what we should, mm -hmm. what he should be having kind of a thing. Yeah. So yeah, I do that. And then I also do like my meal planning for the week. So um, every day, like literally like the apps, like what are the apps, what are the names for every day as well? And then just get that prepared. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I mean, it's funny, I was doing that this morning too, after, uh, after Fedger, I was planning my kids work for the next week, so that I didn't have to do it again, because I have a little bit older kids, I have like four year old and eight year old, and I have obviously older, older, like teenagers and married, but yeah. little kids, like, I was like, you know what, I don't want to wake up every day and try to figure out what I'm doing, that would not be the right thing. So I did it a week in advance. And now every day, I just grab the book off the shelf, and we just get going, and it's already done for me. So I agree with you. I love that method. And it has worked for years. It's totally, I it's hard for people sometimes to push themselves to get that two hours, like, oh, two hours. But the truth is you don't know how much time we waste screwing up and getting nervous and stressed out and all these things that are totally like avoidable. So it's I totally true. And one of the other things as well is that like, like I swear I have to put so many like limits on myself or like discipline myself more than anything to be able to yeah. actually get stuff done and be productive. So one of the things I've actually done as well is like, um, so I have an iPhone, so like the screen time type of a thing. So I limit my, my screen time for like on like basically the apps that I'm on the most. Mm. And then I put a limit on them so that like I'm not on like just scrolling through Instagram or just on you, WhatsApp all day. Is there a particular that you use for that if, if women are interested? Like is there a particular way that you do that? Yeah. So if you go to settings and then just go like scroll down to screen time, then you can like um, – you know what let me look at my phone right now and I'll tell you exactly how to no, do it's it okay. we can put it even in the show notes later but I just was I was just curious I didn't know if there was a certain app that limits you or you just can you're just talking about monitoring the time itself no it's not an app it's like built into the iPhone so I'm on there right now so there's something called downtime meaning that you basically all the apps kind of cancel like when it's your downtime so mine is from like a specific time at night until a specific time in the morning um, and then app limits is like where you can set like limits for your apps that you're on. 
Ah, I didn't, but the limiting on the apps, I didn't realize that was in there. So that's really, that's new to me. So, cause I just never really sat there and played with it. So that's really good. I'm gonna look into that. And you know, it's funny. I had a conversation with my study groups in my Ramadan course the other day, where one of the girls was saying that since Ramadan started, her social media is out of control. And I was like, really? Yeah. If people will like, you know, calm down a little bit more, she's like, oh no, I was doing two hours before Ramadan. Now I'm doing like eight. And I'm like, really? Whoa. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was intense. So I was trying to, we were, we were brainstorming like I do with all the women. Everybody like brings up a problem they have and we talk about it. And so we were trying to help her, like, how could we calm this down? And then we had a check in the week later and she had gotten it down, I think to four with the suggestions we had. And then we were going to try to like refine it even more. So I'm definitely going to bring up this suggestion to her as well. Have you thought about this one? Because I think it's important, but being mindful in general, I think everything you're mentioning is really centered around planning and mindfulness. And like, if things aren't working, like you said, with like the meals, just like tweaking, that's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And here's the thing, like I go by the schedule, but I'm not very rigid about it, especially because he's two or whatever as well. And, and just because he's also home and he doesn't get to see his friends and he doesn't get to do all the things that can be so hard on him. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if I had something planned, like a phonetic alphabet or something for him and he doesn't feel like doing it, then I don't like push him to do it. We'll come back and do it afterwards. Yeah. Or even the next day and it's completely fine. So I'm not really, um, you know, so, and even the activities, sometimes we don't get to them every, because he wants to do the same activity that he did yesterday, which is like completely fine. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just really flexible with it. Yeah. SubhanAllah. I, and then, you know, um, I was thinking about the fact that, um, a lot of women are losing motivation this year. So like, um, so the fact that you mentioned that like, Hey, if it doesn't work out, no stress. And I just flip and do this. And I think sometimes people feel like they have to stick to that schedule. And if they don't, they're failures and then they give up and they're like, Oh, forget it. Why am I trying anyway? So I think that's key. First of all, for the motivation is like, don't get tripped up by the schedule, not flowing every time. But I did want to ask you, what have you been doing to stay motivated on task? What has been helping you in Ramadan to kind of like stay together? So um, one of the things that, that I started doing right before Ramadan um, was obviously the Ramadan recharge course. So that gave me, and, and that's like, like that's kind of the learning that I like, like where I can hold myself accountable, visually see everything, like all of my goals, and then figure out actually how am I going to, you know, are they realistic first of all? And then how am I going to actually maintain it? Not through just Ramadan, but then after that as well. Um, so, I, you know, I sat down and I, I made sure that it kind of went through a little bit of that as well. And so um, I think that's kind of really um, kept me focused with my goals and like things like that. Um, and also it's kind of made me take a step back because like I think sometimes we we often like over um, we just we just have a lot of expectations of ourselves and we think we're going to get this and then we don't see yeah. Um, that we have all this other, all these other things and circumstances around us that maybe it's going to hold us back and maybe we can't do yeah. what we wanted to do. And this year's not like last year either. So you can't do the same things. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like helped me really focus on that as well and just hold me accountable. Yeah. And what I really love that when you, when you came and you're, you're part of the program with us is because like we have women that are on all different levels. We have women that just came into Islam, women that have been there for a while. And so then when we're in together and we're in those lives and we're having those brainstorming conversations, people like you, right, that's a bit more of like veteran ish, you know, you can share some things that you has been, have been working for you for years, but then you're also kind of like 
a new mom ish, right? So you're, mm-hmm. you know, you haven't been a mom forever. So if there's a mom on there that she's been there, but she's had kids for years, then she can give advice to you and I can give advice or someone can give me advice. And I think that like, there's this constant exchange. And like you said, when, when women come on, one of the things I've been loving about the conversation is that they, they're admitting, they're admitting that this is not going well. And so what, what can I do about it? And when we were going over like all the details and like the planner that we have, it's like, it forces everyone to have these really hard conversations. And a lot of women have been saying, you know what? I realized I've been wasting my own time this whole time. And they're having these revelations. Like I didn't realize until I had to sit down and hash out the goals and the planner that I had so much more control over my life than I realized. And that's what I wish for women to understand is that sometimes it could really feel like we're victims of situations or relationships or whatever. But if we really, really sit down with ourselves and have those hard conversations, we can find out that there is so much that we can do and so much control we actually have. I don't know. What do you feel? Do you feel like it's something like that? Yeah, like for sure. And I was also thinking about like how um, we can just make pockets of time for ourselves. And we also need to kind of take a step back, especially assessing our situation, like whether we have kids, whether we're alone or just married or whatever. Um, and then see what, like how much time you can actually realistically make for yourself. Because a lot of the goals that we're thinking of usually centers around ourselves and like how we can become better. But sometimes if you have kids around and things like that, especially little kids, you don't have that much time for yourself. So what I, I've, I've been doing this Ramadan. And to be honest, I've, I've been so excited because I just like doing crafts and stuff like that in general. So um, the last two years, my son was too young. And this year he's actually, he's turning three in a few months. So um, he is older now and he can understand concepts better. He can do crafts mm-hmm. and things like that. So I was yeah, just really fun. excited for all this Ramadan stuff. I was planning like a month ahead of time or whatever as well um, yeah. in terms of like, what can we do and stuff like that together. Um, so I think my goals, like just because of the situation, a lot of it is uh, involving my son. I mean, I have my own personal goals as well, but I also have like goals that are involving. So one of my goals in terms of charity this year is a little bit different. So some of some of the goals are like like literally charity charity like Sadaka, like stuff like that, which my son is not involved in. Yeah. And then other stuff because of the COVID situation, for example, usually we'd have people over for iftar or we go to their house. But instead this year, at least once or twice a week we'll cook for people and then like my husband will take my son and go and drop it off to different people's houses, like family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then another thing that my husband is involved with which he looks after my son as well, um, is that he like drop, he does like iftar drop-offs or whatever to families in need and stuff like that. And he takes my son as well. SubhanAllah. Yeah, and it's really important because when children see their parents doing those actions, they associate that with this is what Ramadan is about, as opposed to what some people do, which is like, I hate to say it, the opposite, which is like watch TV all day, sleep all day, waste their time, complain, be in a bad mood. So instead when they see like, hey, this is a positive environment, we're coming together as a family, mommy and daddy are out helping other people. When I get big, that's what I think Ramadan is about, about helping people, praying together, doing things together. And so we're, we're creating these, um, these lifelong memories that I think they're going to bring into their families that we don't even realize sometimes as we're making these small decisions, like the fact that you took that planner and you planned and you did everything, like that is going to impact how, what kind of a father he is. And that's pretty immense. Like, I don't think we think about like the fact that we put that effort or not and how that takes us into the future. So that's awesome. And um, I wanted to ask you like, lastly, in 
there's some women, it's, it's harder for some women than others. They are having, some are struggling with the fasting itself, you know, the physical of it. But a lot of women I'm noticing they're struggling more with like the connecting with a lot. Like they haven't been close to a lot for a while or they feel guilty or they feel bad about some things that they've been doing or spending time on or whatever it is. And they want to get back and they want to connect with a lot and they want to feel that warm, fuzzy feeling um, of closeness and that happiness that they've been longing for. So my question is, do you have any beneficial suggestions for women who want to kind of connect with Allah and stay positive throughout this, this Ramadan? So um, one of my things is like, I, I like to play Quran in the house. Um, another one is every day and make sure that I pray with my son, like the afternoon prayers, and then we do Quran together. And mm -hmm. even though, like, obviously, he's just too young or whatever to do Quran, but like, I'll, I'll, least, I'll at least I'll get one page in where he just sits or whatever plays in my room, and then he'll just sit with me, and then we'll go through, like, the, the short surahs that he knows and stuff like that, and yeah. he'll hold the Quran, pretend to read it, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and even though, like, that's not completely, like, that's not, like, concentration necessarily in Quran and, like, like, list, like you know, learning and all of that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, it's still connecting with Allah, but and, and like it, it's the intention right it's like I'm doing this for the sake of Allah and I'm doing this also so that my son can like love the Quran and love Allah as well and he can see um, all these things and like I'm not teaching him how to pray but he's picking up on the actions just because we pray with him so just to build that love in his heart from this young I think just again like about cutting ourselves some slack so <clears throat> you can think of it as like okay I'm not really connecting when I'm when I'm reciting or whatever but because I, I don't have like that peace I guess but then at the same time it's like I like th this is this is my goal right now this is my intention right now because of my circumstance yeah and I think what you, you just said about the connecting and I think I think we sometimes restrict ourselves in the definition of what connecting means because connecting is not just us standing in a room all alone in prayer with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, that's one form of connecting, but we are not human beings in a bubble, right? So we have relationships. Connecting with Allah is how I treat my child. Connecting with Allah is how I treat my husband. Connecting with Allah is how I treat the, then my neighbors and the people that I'm out there helping in this the bigger society. So when we connect with Allah, Allah says when you serve people, it's like you're serving serving him. And so I think what you're doing with your son is you're, you're actually um, giving him his rights, first of all, which is his attention, his love, you're teaching him his deen. And this is all things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requests of us. So indirectly, we are connecting with Allah by doing what he's asked of us. And, and it's really important, you know, that, that, that we recognize that those are not lost moments where we didn't have time for ourselves. And even if it's like you're jumping in the kitchen and your husband's fasting and you have to cook something like the other day, I had to cook something that I did not want to cook because mm -hmm. I pre-planned everything right but there's always somebody in the house that's like oh could you just do this and you're like I was gonna read Quran right now and so for a minute I was like oh man but then you know what I said I'm gonna renew my intention I was not happy that I had to do this deed, but I'm going to look at it as a deed, like a good deed as an opportunity. Like somebody came and handed me a gift that I have an opportunity to get reward from doing this thing. So I had to make a mental shift really quick. And so I think also just to add to what you were saying is like connecting, but also like 
what does connecting really mean, broadening that definition, but then also like if things do come up that tear us down, think about them as new opportunities and just shifting our perspective from a negative to a positive. Like how can I take advantage of that, be that it's Ramadan and get reward for that and make Allah pleased with me and connect with him through this as well. So that's really helped me too in thinking of it with like little things that, you know, kids do or they need and this and that. And so, yeah. But do you have any final thoughts before we close of like anything with women? Yeah, like actually, when you just brought that up yesterday, I was just thinking about that too. Like yesterday, I knew I had two hours to myself, but in that two hours, I needed to get my work done, um, like my, you know, my work work. And then I also needed to cook and needed to clean the house. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to spend some time with the Quran. And I would have liked to spend a lot of time with the Quran, but I couldn't. So I, I read one surah, I read surah Hashir, it's like five pages. Mm-hmm. I read that and then I'm like, okay, I want to go into the tafsir and like the, you know, the, the translation. And I, I was like, I, do, I have too many things to do. And I was feeling guilty. I'm like, what can I do? I was like, you know, we have so much technology available to us. I just like literally searched it, um, like Surah Hashir Tafsir on, on my podcast, on like Apple podcast. And then I got, I listened to one amazing one by um, like Baina Institute. Mm. Um, and then, and it was, it was really good, very easy to follow. I just put my like earphones in and then I continued to cook and then it's like, I could do both. Yeah, that's, that's funny. I had the same thing the other day. I was like, I wanted to read something else or watch something else or learn something else. And I couldn't. So I just turned on YouTube and I turned on like one of these lectures that I wanted to listen to about a particular topic. And I let it just play while I chop vegetables and everything. So yeah, I think there's an opportunity. And you know what? The rest of our family hears it too, even indirectly. And sometimes it touches their heart. And I know there's some people that feel like there's people in their house that they're not working on themselves. And because they're not working on themselves, it affects them when they're trying to do better. So when we kind of indirectly share this information even through the technology I think it rubs off a little bit and after 30 days of it it's it's a really good influence so that's a really good suggestion love it I want to say thank you so much Sarah like I always really enjoy having you on because you are and what I want women to understand is what I really really want from this podcast is I want women to understand that we are all going through very similar things and we have a lot to share and a lot of information and while um, maybe I have had kids longer than Sarah. Sarah is from a different generation than me and she has an amazing perspective. And so every time I talk to Sarah, there's something new that I learned that I'm like, Ooh, I want to try that. And then I, you know, usually in conversation, she'll say, Hey, I like that you said this, I'm going to try that. So as women, I feel like we don't have enough of an exchange. And that's why I love bringing on regular everyday Muslims who are doing amazing things, amazing moms, wives, careers, women, and just thinking like, how can we benefit from the beautiful good that we're doing. And if we're struggling, how can we reach out to one another and and take from one another and learn from one another? So thank you, Sarah, for giving us a lot of food for thought as usual. (laughs) No problem. Thanks for having me again. No problem. I'm wishing you a really, really great Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all your ibadah and make your family um, safe and bring your hearts together and bring us closer to Allah. And, and we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala counsels us to be of those of the, the believers that have been pleasing to him and have gained taqwa by the end of this Ramadan. So jazakumallahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum, guys. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. I will talk to you in the next one. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.